Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I claim a blessing. Are you ready to claim a blessing today? I am ready to claim a blessing today. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and what a blessing. Yes. The capacity to say yes is a blessing. Oh, we are uh, entering week four. This is week four of our six-week fall renewal series, our fall spiritual renewal, where we've been looking at the book Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth. Uh, if you've not been here up until this week, that's okay. You don't need to worry about getting caught up. You'll, you'll know everything you need to know. Um, this week's chapters in the book are titled, How to Reverse Financial Adversity. That's something we all like to know, right? How to Reverse Financial Adversity and Security in a Changing World. So I want to clear one thing up. I want to be really clear, as I said before, these are principles that you can apply to any area of your life. It doesn't have to be just about money, um, not just economics. You can apply it to health, you can apply it to relationships, you can apply it to creative expression. You can look at the principles that he's teaching in this book and say, where in my world, where in my experience am I looking for change? Many people are attracted to the idea that they can change their financial experience, but many people want to change their health experience, or maybe you want to change their relationship experience. A lot of people want to change their relationship experience. <laughs> I'm not going to say which side of the uh, equation you're on, uh, but I think a lot of single people want to change their relationship experience, um, and maybe even some people who are partnered up want to change their relationship experience. <laughs> some, not all. Um, but, but these can be applied in any way. So I think we can get rid of the word financial in that, uh, in that chapter title. It can just be how to reverse adversity. How to reverse adversity. Security in a changing world works still. Uh, how to reverse relationship adversity. How to reverse creative expression adversity. How to release and reverse health adversity. That's a big one. You know, the entire New Thought movement of which unity is a part is rooted in the very notion that our thoughts create our physical expression of health. It was all rooted in health. And we've applied the same knowledge and the principles to other aspects of our lives. But it was Myrtle Fillmore who, who very famously said, I am a child of God and therefore I do not inherit disease. I'm paraphrasing a little bit little word here and there. But essentially, that idea that we are healthful beings inherently, and it is our thoughts and our beliefs that are getting in the way and showing up as dis-ease in our experience, we can let that go. And that's where all of New Thought was born from. So we can change adversity. We can change adversity in any aspect of our life. Why? Because it's all consciousness. All of it. All form is consciousness. All thought is consciousness. Everything seen, everything unseen. It is all consciousness. The theory of relativity, you know, that guy named Einstein, he basically said, I mean, he, you, 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 know the, you know the equation, right? E equals mc squared, right? Energy and matter are the same thing at different levels of expression. 
He was teaching essentially what New Thought was also teaching at the time. So it's all consciousness, 100% of it. So if we can address in consciousness, in our conscious awareness, that which we would like to change in our physical expression, then we're on the right track. But it's about changing that which is within, first and foremost, not trying to manipulate that which is out there. Eric Butterworth wrote this, the economy is little more than a barometer that registers the highs and lows of consciousness. Wherever two or three are gathered together in an interaction of minds, a very real energy force is projected. We are constantly projecting an energy of creativity, each and every one of us. We are constantly projecting an energy of creativity. And so everything that's showing up in our experience is the result of that projection of creativity. Now, he's talking about two things here, right? So first of all, the economy is little more than a barometer that registers those highs and lows of consciousness. The economy is not something that has any dominion over any of us. The relative health of our community is not anything that has dominion over any of us. Nothing out there has dominion over any one of us individualized, except to the degree that we allow those things to have dominion over us. But we are the ones who are in charge of our consciousness. We are the ones who are in charge of our mind. We are the ones who are in charge. And so if we want things to change, we must change. We can live those highs and lows, and we can see the barometer in the experience and expression around us. The economy is simply the experience and the expression around us of consciousness, right? Now, he says, wherever two or three are gathered together in an interaction of minds, a very real energy force is projected. There's a thing called individualized, I don't want to say individual, there's individualized consciousness. And there's a thing, too, that we call the collective consciousness. Now, we are creating a collective consciousness within this room. The interaction of all of the thoughts and beliefs of us is creating an energy field, and it is projecting itself into experience. And that's what he's talking about here where two or three are gathered together in an interaction of minds, a very real energy force is projected. And so we can collectively work our own minds as a community to change the experience of the world. And that's why I think approaching and experiencing places like this, spiritual centers like this, is an important part. It's become an important part of my life because that's what I want to do. I want to change the world to help people understand their magnificence, to know who they are. And we get to do that together. We get to do that together. Now, it also starts with individualized consciousness, an individualization of consciousness. We are each points of light in the greater expression of light. Each and every one of us is individualized consciousness as well. Now, my teaching prior to becoming a unity minister, one of my favorite quotes of Ernest Holmes, who was the founder of another branch of uh, New Thought, was, one alone in consciousness with the infinite constitutes a complete majority. 
one alone in consciousness with the infinite constitutes a complete majority. What he's saying there, and what Charles Fillmore agreed with, and what, the, what Nona Brooks and Melinda Kramer, who started Divine Science, what they all agree with is that we are that power of creation. And when we remember who we are, remember the three parts of our mission, love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. When you remember who you are, you create what we may look at as miracles. But we need to start looking at those miraculous things as ordinary. Don't call them miracles anymore. They're just ordinaries. Because we know how to use our minds, do we not? We know how to use our minds. And so we are individualized consciousness, and collectively we are experiencing a collective consciousness. And all of it, all of it is creative. All of it is an energy force projected into expression. So how do we reverse adversity? Well, one of the primary ways is to release the power of the collective if it is not in resonance with the truth of your being. And that's what we were talking about a little bit last week, to let go of those things, of those, uh, to let go of the things we need to unlearn. Release any connection to what everybody's saying. I saw a TikTok. I, I love TikTok. I know I've told you about this before, right? <laughs> the funny thing is, I tell people I love looking at TikTok. I have never posted on TikTok. Like, if you saw my thing, like, no videos, nothing. But there was a TikTok that came through the other day, and it was this guy who was, um, one of the things that people do is they have conversations with themselves as though they're two different people. And this guy on TikTok uh, says, as one person, hey, did you see the news article about the thing? And the other guy says, no, I didn't watch the news. And he says, what, you don't, but you don't want to know what's going on? He says, no, I'm perfectly happy not watching the news. Think about it. I am perfectly happy not watching the news. And it's okay. Here's the thing. It's not to shame anybody who watches the news because I'm a news junkie. <laughs> I am. I admit it freely. But here's the thing about watching the news as a news junkie and someone who is also uh, in this particular path. I look at the news and I don't let myself be affected by that which is out there. I look at the news as my own personal prayer list to know what I need to pray for because all the news that's being projected to me is the collective idea of negativity. And I get to look at that and say, oh, well, there's this happening in the world and I know the truth about it because what did Ernest Holmes say? One alone in consciousness with the infinite constitutes a complete majority. And so I know that I have within me and each and every one of you has within you the power of creation to change the entire world. That's the truth. So, one of the things that we can release to let go of adversity in our lives is the power of the negative collective and only give into the power of the positive collective consciousness. We spend so much time and energy being convinced that that out there has dominion over us. It doesn't. We have convinced ourselves so many of us have convinced ourselves that we are victims of circumstance. And to the degree that you have become convinced of that idea, you are. So are you ready to let that idea go? You are not a victim of circumstance. You are the creator of your circumstance. How can you ever be a victim of that which you create? 
Now, since consciousness creates the circumstances, we have dominion over the circumstances. We have dominion over our expression and experience of life. That's how we get rid of adversity in our lives. We have dominion over our minds, which is the link and the tool that we use to engage consciousness. So on week one of the fall renewal series, that was four weeks ago, do you remember? (laughs) On week one, I gave some homework. Now here's the big question. Does anyone remember what the homework was on week one? Oh, no, I don't remember what the homework was on week one. What were we supposed to do? (laughs) When I say it, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that's right. And it's going to be telling of everyone who has either continued to allow this to be a part of their practice or those who have let it go. The homework in week one is to not complain about anything. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're supposed to not complain about anything, right? The homework is not just meant to be one week, by the way. It's meant to be a tool to start to engage and and, and develop a practice for being. So, did you walk back into the habit of complaining after that first week? It's just something to think about. Again, there is no shame here. There is no blame here. It's just something to be aware of. Because you're the one who's in charge. You're the one who is in charge of your experience of life. What if not complaining became your way of being? How different might your life be? I know that when I gave up the practice and the habit, it's a habit, when I gave up the habit of complaining, life changed dramatically for me. Do I fall off that, you know, pedestal sometimes? Yes. So don't ever put me on a pedestal as a minister because ministers are very commonly the ones who fall off very easily and go, oh, wait, no, I know the tools, I've fallen off and I'm going to change it up now. Complaining is the language of someone who believes that they are limited by the circumstances of their life. I want everyone to really hear that. Complaining is the language of one who believes that they are limited by the circumstances of their life. So how do we move past that? Find a new language. Find a new language. And don't bypass, which is a fear-based response. Because we can look at the effects and the experiences and the circumstances of our lives that we consider to be negative, and we can know at the core of our being that we are a greater cause and can shift and change those things. I'm moved by, you know, in, in the book... He talks a lot about people, people's jobs and, and, and the adversity that they find in their jobs, right? And, I, and I'm very moved by this idea of the story of people's jobs because there was a time in my life before I became a minister, before I was even involved in this spiritual philosophy, where I was uh, not so happy in my working life. I was, you ready? I was a struggling actor in Los Angeles. You ever hear that story? I had decided after I left university that, because I got my degree in acting, I decided after I left university that the one thing I would never do is be the stereotype. I would never wait tables. (laughs) And I didn't wait tables. But boy, I'll tell you, I found every other job that an actor could possibly have when they're not actively engaged in working as an actor. Shortly after 9-11, remember that? Shortly after 9-11, I had been working as an office temp, and 
all the work dried up because nobody was hiring temps. And I thought, I don't know what to do. I can't pay my rent. I don't know what, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? So um, I was turned on to a company that had offices at an industrial park in Culver City, California. Uh, and yes, I will admit freely and publicly that I worked as a telemarketer. <laughs> what a response. <laughs> and all I have to say is, I'm sorry. <laughs> but at that time in my life, I was rooted in a sense of hopelessness. I didn't know how to overcome what I perceived to be adversity. Now, had I really been keeping my ears and eyes open, I would have been aware that there was a lot of messaging around me that was telling me, there is another way, there is a path. There is something that you can learn about yourself, that you can know about yourself. That industrial park in, in Culver City, California, just happened to be where uh, Agape met and where they had their ministry for a long time. And I had people come up and say, oh, I go to this place called Agape on Sundays. I'm like, I don't do church. <laughs> now look at me. That was, my, that was my message for a long time. I don't do church. No, 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 no. Oh, if only I'd listened back then. But you know what? There is no time in the mind of God, and so I came to this path in exactly the right time. So how do we reverse adversity? Here's what I have learned, ultimately. Today's question that was the title of the talk was, how? And I wrote, because. Be cause. Oh, yeah. Be cause. Be the cause in your life to everything you would like to experience. When we know ourselves as cause, that is remembering who we are. When we know ourselves as cause and know it so deeply that it is unshakable, that's faith. When we know it so deeply that it is unshakable, then we come into the experience of security in a consistently changing world. And the world is changing. That is inevitable. The world is changing all the time. We are changing all the time. Change, as I said before, is the only constant. Now, we can either initiate change purposefully, or we can let the change overtake us. What it requires is for us to know who we are and to set our belief in alignment with that which we would like to experience. If we are initiating change, we are utilizing our own divine creativity. And if we are not, we are being used. It may be that any view of life that puts security rather than creativity first has misread life at its best and thus misinterprets the cosmic process. Security is a bit of a challenge. You know, the, cha the chapter is called Security in a Changing World. But security can be very much a defeating thing in our lives. Because oftentimes security means we're not willing to move past our comfort zones. It's like, okay, I can put myself into this blanket and close myself off from the rest of the world. And while that may feel secure, it may be 
moving you out of the experience of life and the experience of divine creativity. The cosmic process of creation is ours to use. And if you want to experience true security, then burst past those comfort zones knowing who you are. Security can be comforting, it can be detrimental, but no great thing was ever accomplished without taking a risk. And you know who you are. You know who you are. And what I'm going to encourage you today is to know who you are. Know what you accept in your life as security and know that you may be misinterpreting security to avoid disappointment and a sense of failure in your life. But if you know who you are, you can never fail. Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star because its editor felt he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. (laughs) Oprah Winfrey was fired from her first television job as an anchor in Baltimore for getting too emotionally invested in her stories. Steven Spielberg, you know him? He was rejected several times by the University of Southern California uh, School of Cinematic Arts. Thomas Edison's teachers told him he was too stupid to learn anything. All of those things that we can look at out there and be told we are not good enough. Let them go. We can choose to believe what we are told or we can choose to release the limited ideas of the other. How? Be cause. There is a difference between wanting to believe and really believing too. So it's up to us to determine where we are on that scale. Do we want to believe or do we really believe? And how do you know the difference? It's a feeling. I can't tell you what it is. It is a feeling to know if you really believe. So where do you fall on that spectrum between wanting and actually truly believing? Our work is to know God, our core identity as cause. That is our work. And we choose to be cause in this philosophy and not effect. And in doing that, we set ourselves up for success. So look at the limitations you may have placed in the way. That's part of what I want you to do. I want you to look at the limitations which you may have placed in your own way, question them, and if need be, release them. How? Be cause. And so it is. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. The homework. I just want to acknowledge one thing. You know, uh, one of the things, I love this book. I love this book, Spiritual Economics. And if you've been reading along with me, and I think many of you have, it is very rich. Get it? (laughs) Like, I could spend... I could spend an entire year doing talks based solely on this book. So you're getting kind of a skim the surface experience of this book. Um, If you have not yet joined a discussion group, they are available. There are a couple that meet here um, after service today. I know that Susie has one that is meeting. Are you still taking more people? Yes, so you can meet with Susie. She's going to be meeting over in room three in the annex. Lydia has a discussion group. She is going to be meeting in the prayer uh, room after the service today. Molly also has a discussion group that meets on Tuesdays, and um, Eileen Rockhill also has a discussion group that meets on Tuesdays. The information about those discussion groups is all in the lobby. So join a discussion group. Get to 
get deeper within this stuff because it is when we truly embody at a deeper level this stuff that life changes. Now, the homework. I'm going to start off with one of the quotes. He wrote this, Admit to yourself that your present experience reflects your present level of awareness. You are not the victim of circumstances. Consciousness creates circumstances. When you establish yourself in this awareness, then you are in a position to create change. So this week, reflect and reconsider. Then be cause to something new if you want it. Write those desires out and then address each one of them formally in prayer. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.